make an intentional effort to be organized in your business. If, if you're not being intentional about being organized in your business, you're going to be missing opportunities and you're not going to be doing the best you can. That was Khalil. This is the push through podcast. Welcome to the Push Through Podcast, where each week we tackle some of the most difficult areas of business as a shop owner, contractor, or manufacturer with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking minds in business development, marketing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. These are conversations designed to educate, inspire, and empower business owners and leaders to push through the barriers and thresholds they see before them. Join us for the ride at thepushthrough.com. That's the push, thru.com, where you can find in depth articles and show notes from each episode. Get ready this for the push through and your host, Jeff Finney. And I'm glad you're with us today. And before we jump into this exciting episode with Khalil, kind of wrapping up our series on inbound marketing, uh, you'll notice we've been a minute since we've made a new episode, and, and I've been pretty busy in my business. As you all know, I own a cabinet component cutting company and we moved into a new facility so that's been a pretty big change for this year so we're glad to be back at it glad to be back on the podcast and I hope you enjoyed today's episode on inbound marketing and it's wrapping up our three-part series which I'm sure you've listened to the first two so this one's going to be the culmination of all that. Khalil welcome back to the podcast um We are here for part three, which uh, I'm very excited about on the inbound marketing, probably one of my uh, bigger passions when it comes to the marketing side of things, and this is all your fault for getting me hooked up on this stuff, so you have to explain to us um, kind of what inbound marketing is today, but before we jump in, uh, it's been a little while, can you run us through kind of a recap of part one, which was building a foundation, um, and part two, which was creating a growth plan? Hey, Jeff. Glad to be here again. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to give a recap, and um, I, I'm glad that I got you onto the inbound marketing train. Uh, so yeah, the uh, in part one, we talked about the business identity questionnaire, and basically what that was all about is, you know, if you're going to market to customers, you have to treat it like a relationship, and no one wants to be in a relationship with someone where they're only talking about um, the other person. Uh, they want to be in a mutual relationship. So just like you want to know everything about your customers, they really want to know about you. And so you've got to have your identity of your business really nailed down. And so uh, we talked about company story questions and product and service questions. And then lastly, persona questions, which we're going to get back into personas today. But the persona is your target customer. Um, and it's just knowing really who that target customer is, giving them a real identity um, so that you can target them well. Right. Kind of drilling down to that perfect person uh, or perfect customer for our business. Yeah, exactly. And uh, once you, once you've intentionally identified who they are, you're going to be able to seek them out and know what their needs are, know what their questions are a lot better. Uh, So yeah, once you grasp your business identity, it just becomes the, the foundation of your marketing. Everything stems from there. Um, and so that was part one. Part two, uh, we, we talked about creating a growth plan. Um, and really what we tried to cover with that was that in a growth plan, you can, you can come up with all of these objectives and goals, 
but you need to make sure that they align with your priorities. Uh, because if they're not aligning with your priorities, you're going to be miserable. You're not going to be motivated. You're not going to feel purpose in, in your growth strategy. Uh, so really, it starts with just determining what those priorities for you. Don't make them too too long. Don't make them too too many. We need to have probably three is best, but five at most uh, priorities for our, our business. Um, and then the next thing, once you have those priorities, you need to outline really where your team is at and what the roles and responsibilities are for your company if they aren't already out, uh, outlined. Because what can happen is we can set all these these goals that we want, but if we don't have the right people in place and the right roles in place, uh, then those goals will never get met. Right. So you have your priorities and you have your, your team roles and responsibilities. The next thing that you want to do is start looking at your, your sales goals uh, and, and break it down by average product or, or service. And what do you want to be doing every single month for the next year on average sales-wise? Uh, for each of the products and services that you have. That will help you determine, okay, this is what we're striving for. This is the revenue that we want to reach. Um, this is what we want to do, be doing every single month. And then from there, break those down into three-month goals. Um, and as you have these goals, really the big thing that we tried to harp on in, in part two was that we want to have activity met metrics and activity metrics that matter. Um, the way that you create these activity metrics is you look at your sales funnel. You look at how many prospects you have, how many leads you have, how many opportunities you have, and then how many customers you have. And look at you know, maybe your past month or your past year to determine where you've been, and then look at where you need to be and start creating that funnel. And once you've created that funnel, you're able to look at, okay, we've got you know, 100 prospects, and then that's turning into uh, you know, 20 leads. So we're at 20% uh, from prospects to leads right there. What can what can increase the amount of leads we have or the amount of prospects we get. Right. And if you can determine what those things are, if that's, man, if we, if we do more ads in the newspaper or if that's, man, we're getting out and we're cold calling more, uh, whatever those, those activities are, those are the activity metrics that matter. Um, and if you can build out what those activity metrics are along the way, then you're going to have a lot more success in increasing your numbers because you know what is having the most impact. Uh, right. Rather, so yeah, than, rather than, you know, the probably the traditional way that most of us owners track our metrics is more of just an intuitive or, you know, kind of a, well, I've been getting a lot of phone calls or I've been, it's, there's not really a hard number there of, I get this many leads, I get this many conversions, I get this many customers. So we're basically just saying putting a, a hard number so that's something we can measure. Yeah, it's it's all about awareness. You know, you can't fix what you don't know, and so um, yeah, if if you want to grow your business, then you've got to start looking at some of the areas that will help you to grow, rather than just throwing darts aimlessly. Right. So, you know, we we've we've kind of built our foundation. We've talked about our growth plan. You know, now we're ready to jump into this inbound marketing thing. And and if I was to guess, most people it was it was new on me. I had never even heard of it. Um, but at the same time, I have been a, um, you know, I've been a part of other inbound marketing programs just in my buyer's journey on whether it was buying a car or a new piece of equipment or whatever, you know, just unknowingly, I've been a part of that somebody else's inbound marketing plan. So let's, uh, let's jump into that world and, and just kind of 
tell us a little bit about what inbound marketing is and, and kind of you know how the hit the bullet points on how it works. So, so inbound marketing is um, there's several terms for it. Inbound marketing, sometimes even just digital marketing or content marketing. Uh, you'll find a lot of names for it out there, but it was the phrase inbound marketing was coined by HubSpot um, in the mid 2000s. And really the idea is that for most of us are very familiar with outbound marketing and think of outbound marketing like a megaphone where you're just trying to shout out to anyone and everyone what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's going, it's not very tailored. It's not very specific. And, um, you're having to go and do a lot of outreach. So that's things like, you know, billboards that you see on the highway. Yeah, sure. Maybe there's a million people that are driving by that any given year, but how many of those people actually read it? How many of those people are in your target audience? Um, and then how many of those people actually have the opportunity to take an action there? They're driving, you know, if I see a sign that says call now, you know, it's gotta be a really great offer. If I'm, if I'm going to go ahead and do that, cause I'm driving, I might be with family. I might not be in the right mindset. So, um, that's what a megaphone is, or uh, sorry, what outbound marketing is, the megaphone. It was just throwing that message out there. And, you know, with inbound marketing, you can think of it as a magnet. So rather than just throwing the message out there, you're pulling the right people in at the right time. Um, so inbound marketing is, is really done through uh, the new buyer's journey, which you're going to get into in a second. But it, it comes in with leads coming to you for information that you're offering to them right. for free. And by giving them that information, you're allowing them to do research. And then they trust you as a source of information. And then from there, they want to know more about what you offer. And they want to ultimately buy from you. Right. Um, so that, that kind of brings you to the part of, you know, maybe the hard part about getting into inbound marketing because it was a... At first, it was maybe a hesitation. It wasn't a roadblock, but it was a bit of a hesitation for me because you always, you know, as an owner, you have that instinctive, like, I've got my way of doing business and it's, you know, it's better than yours or I've got my trade secrets or whatever. And the the first kind of thought is like, you know, that's mine. Um, but that's, that's not the thought process when you're in an inbound marketing. You're trying to create yourself as kind of a thought leader, right? Yeah, you you don't want to be um, selfish with you know your style or maybe what you feel like is your um, difference maker for your business. Um, it's it's not intellectual uh, knowledge. It's not proprietary knowledge. You you want to be able to give that away freely um, because at the end of the day, people don't want to have to to guess or just put everything on a whim when they buy from right. you. They really want to know every aspect. Um, so you're going to have to, you know, let go of some of some of those fears that someone's going to take your style of doing things, you know. If if you've been doing it a certain way and you've been doing it for a while, you're probably the best at it and people need to know right. that. If someone ends up trying to steal that from you, they've still got a lot to catch up with experience-wise and you don't have to give away every little detail but you at least have to give away the concepts. Right. Right. So, yeah. So that so, was the kind of megaphone versus magnet. And that that's once you can get that concept, grasp it, 
you're you're well down the road of understanding how this how this process works. So kind of keep keep with it, Khalil. What's what's the next uh, what's kind of the next part about inbound? Yeah. So the the way that I like to describe it, you can get really in the weeds on what inbound marketing is, but the way that I like to make it simple, it's all about education, uh, equipping, and empowering. And I know I know those just seem like words, so I'll kind of go in deeper with education. It's all about just telling your you know letting your customers know. Uh, everything they need to know about your products and your company. Uh, that's where it starts with the business identity questionnaire. You know, you've answered all these questions about your products and your company. Let's get that information out there. And if you want to take it a step further, then you want to talk about your competitors, how you're different. You know, doing some comparisons of their products versus your products or their service versus your service. And then if you want to take it even a step further, you want to start talking about your industry. Because if if people are doing research about the industry, that's a great way for them to find you. If you're giving, you know, your first-hand knowledge about the industry to someone who's interested in buying something from the industry, it's more likely that they're going to go with you because you seem like an expert, and they're going to go with, you know, some industry report to then start looking at companies that don't talk about the industry. Mm-hmm. And if you can really grasp those things, you're going to do well. Uh, but if you want to take it to the next level, and this is really getting uh, a little bit deeper, if you can talk about the needs that customers have or the opportunities that are before them, you're really going to do uh, a great job with answering their questions and with getting them to, to find you through a Google search. Um, and then and then lastly, if you can talk about the impacts that your product or service or that your industry or that you uh, your ability to solve needs and opportunities will have on their life uh, or on their, their business if you're doing B2B, then you're really going to be communicating the things that they want to hear, and uh, you're you're going to be much further into their uh, their circle of trust, I guess you could right. say. If you're focusing on those impacts, so hey, my product, if you, if you're buying my product, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to see. The results you're going to have. This is how you're going to feel. Uh, this is what you're going to be ready for in the future. All those things. So really, educating comes down to that. Just letting them know, letting customers and buyers know everything that they need to know uh, about you and your company and about the industry and the impact they can have. Right. So then it goes down to equipping. Um, and equipping just means, you know, a lot of times this is your product, but just giving customers the tools and resources that they need, whatever helps them accomplish their goals. And hopefully this is your product or your service, uh, but it's just really getting ownership of, hey, this is something that's going to help you and this is how it works, right? And really equipping them with that and letting them feel that they are equipped with the right tools that they need to accomplish their goals. Um, Give us a quick example of what a tool or, or even a resource or something would be just, just to highlight what that is. Yeah, so for me, you know, for my customers, I can give them knowledge about marketing all day long, but if they don't have the tools to effectively execute on their marketing, then they're really not going to be making a lot of progress. So for me, if, if someone's trying to, to write a blog article, that's me giving them a template that's going to help them craft an article in an efficient and effective manner. Um, that's also maybe it's social media tools. Maybe they want to be posting on social media, but it's really kind of a headache to do. Right. Uh, they've got to log on every day and they've got to check it and all this stuff. But if I'm giving them a tool that says, hey, let's just sit down for an hour and let's schedule out your posts for the, the rest of the month. 
that's a tool that is helping them accomplish their goal. Um, so, so really just equipping, and a lot of times that's with your products, like I said, so equipping customers with tools or your product to help them accomplish their goal. Right. And then, so the next thing that I would say is, is the empowering piece is really the one that goes on for the longest. Um, even if you stop educating your customers, you know, you've, you, I'm out of that. I don't have time for it. You always got to be empowering your customers. And that's, that's just through excellent customer service. That's always being around, whether it's tied directly to your company or not, always trying to answer their questions, help them with their problems, do whatever you can to make them feel served and, um, yeah, to, to make them feel like they are appreciated and valued. So, um, that can, that can look like, you know, answering the phone, phone calls, uh, any time of the day, uh, that can look like sending thank you notes any time uh, of the year or, you know, birthday cards, but that can also be, Hey, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I know I sold you a product two years ago, but, uh, I'm still going to offer you, you know, a warranty on it. I'm still going to come and check out things. You know, if you have a, if you have a question and you haven't bought something from me in, in a few years, I'm still going to answer, um, just empowering them through that and encouraging them as well if you're in the service industry. Right. And that, that all makes sense. And that kind of ties the, uh, ties the thought process together. So, you know, why, why is inbound marketing kind of so effective and why does, you know, why does it work so well? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great question. There's, there's many answers, you know, there's huge effects that happen on your business when you do an inbound marketing just from an organizational perspective. But, to think about, you know, really reaching customers um, with inbound marketing, it's it's really reaching the marketplace of today. So let me talk about a little bit about the marketplace of yesterday. Um, you know, the marketplace of yesterday before the internet, it was a seller's market. All of this, the sellers had all of the information. In order to get information, buyers, customers had to go to whoever the the business was or the seller was to get that information before making a purchase decision. Right. You know, a great example of this is the auto industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 20 years ago, going to buy a car, you you really had to go to every single oh, dealership yeah. in the area. Mm-hmm. It was a family event, to, you know? It's like, hey, we're going to go shop for a car this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and you've got to talk to these different salespeople. You don't know who you can trust. You're not sure what the, the real price is, um, if you're getting a good deal or not. And at the end of the day, you just had to make a decision based on this extremely lengthy uh, research process, or you had to just take take the deal that you first got and hope hope for the best, hope that you actually came out on top. Right. And today, that has completely changed the auto industry. I, I mean, I just bought a car, you know, last month, and it was a, a three week process without visiting a single dealership um, until after three weeks because I, I was figuring out what kind of what kind of mo- uh, make I wanted, what kind of model I wanted, you know, what price range I was in, you know, how many miles it should have, what are the features it should have on it, all on the internet, doing all this research before I even talked to a single salesperson. And then I had all this information and actually the power, the ball was in my court. Like I had all the power because mm-hmm. I knew all the information. I probably knew more about the vehicle than a lot of the salespeople did because I spent three weeks only on that specific vehicle. 
that specific uh, model, and, and then the specific year, all those things. Um, so it, it's definitely a, a marketplace today of, of the buyer has the power sure. because they're able to do the research online and they're able to come to negotiations with all of the information they need in hand. Right. So, yeah, you know, with it being readily available on the internet, just think about one of your recent purchases. Um, whether that's something that you bought on Amazon or something you bought down the street, you probably looked it up online before you actually bought right. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, reviews and things like that. It's just a, it's it's a it's a total different buying environment. Um, I feel like in our industry, you know, in the in the cabinet industry as a whole. You know, we they're, they're lagging behind on some of this. You know, is still um, doing research on things like machinery and equipment and processes and stuff like it's still a bit of the old process. But I can start. I've already started to see more of the new thought process creep into their marketing through you know things like automation videos and things that you used to not see very much of. Um, you're starting to see that content that kind of fits what what we're looking for as as woodworkers and cabinet makers. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's all about content. Kind of, we talk about how cash is king in business. And right. if you don't have cash, then you're, you know, you're falling behind and you're making bad decisions. But with with marketing in today's age, content is king. And I mean, that just strikes me as a huge opportunity. You know, for your industry, if if things are lagging behind, if I if people aren't able to actually go online and do research about you know the new machines or uh, different services that are out there for the industry. If you can capitalize and and start building content, you're going to be doing a lot better than your competitors, and you're going to see a lot of growth in your business. Right. Jump jump out there and and be the leader, the the thought leader in that in that space. Yeah, yeah. Because someone's trying to look online, so why not find find you? Right, right. So that kind of leads us into the into the next thing you know in today's kind of marketplace what's the process that a you know that a typical buyer or any customer either you know has to go through right right so um, they call this the buyer's journey and it really consists of three stages uh, the first stage is awareness the second stage is consideration and the third stage is decision so every buyer goes through each of those those stages before actually making a purchase. And it can happen really in, in a matter of minutes or it can happen in a matter of years. So the, the awareness stage is all about defining the problem you know, or the opportunity. Um, and really that just comes down to being aware of, hey, I actually, I need to do something about this. There's an opportunity or there's a problem, I need to do something about it. And in the consideration stage, that's just clar- clarifying what the solution is to the problem. Mm-hmm. So I know what my problem is now. What can I do to solve it? Right. And in that decision phase, it's really about okay. I have a solution, but where am I gonna solve it? Am I gonna gonna buy my product or whatever, basically, or or whatever it is? Which product? Where am I gonna buy that product? Where am I gonna? uh, How am I gonna take delivery of it and all that other stuff? Exactly. So, example for you guys, you know, you're gonna be, you know, getting new cabinets for a kitchen. Um, someone's doing a, a kitchen remodel, right. right? So, you know, they're not happy with their house for some reason. You know, they just feel like the kitchen is outdated. Um, you know, they don't they don't really want to host friends anymore because they don't feel like it's a comfortable space to do that. 
Um, so they started doing some research on, man, how can I, I can't afford to buy a new house. I want the customer, but I can't do that. Maybe I can just do the kitchen, right? How can I improve my kitchen? Um, and then they started looking on Pinterest or whatever it is. And they say, oh man, it's actually the cabinets. If I had new cabinets in here, you know, I, I, everything could look great. I wouldn't even have to change the countertops or I wouldn't even have to change the wall color. But if I could just change the cabinets, uh, it would make things feel a lot better. In so here. that's the, that's so, the awareness <laughs> phase, right? That's, that's like we've become aware that there's an issue that bugs us or that we want fixed. So now we're starting to research kind of why it bugs us almost or what, what the problem is. Yeah, so in that awareness, they've defined they they defined their problem of why they weren't happy with you know their house right. or why their kitchen felt outdated. It's because of the cabinets. Right. They've defined that problem. So now they're really looking in the awareness or sorry in the consideration stage about uh, you know yeah cabinets is the answer, but what's the solution? Like what kind of cabinets mm -hmm. do I need? I'm sure there's tons of different kinds that they could choose from. So they're, they're going on to Pinterest again, they're going on to Google, they're looking at hows, they're looking at all these different websites, different cabinet makers, what, what's a good type of cabinet that I can, I can get for my right. home, what would fit? Drilling down just a little farther so we've, you know, they, they know that there's a problem, now they're in the consideration part about clarifying exactly what that problem is, so maybe they're hunting more into um, getting closer to thinking about maybe style or wood or just popular designs and things like that right yeah exactly exactly so then you know they move into the decision phase where you know they they ha they define the problem they've clarified the solution of hey I, I actually want i need paint grade shaker cabinets right uh that's what i need and now in the decision phase you know they know what they want exactly what they want but now the question is where do i where do i get them yep. where do i get these paint grade shaker cabinets and so most people are going to hop onto Google or social media and they're going to ask about, you know, they're going to ask Google, you know, where, where can I get paint grade shaker cabinets? Yes. Right. And the reality is if you're not doing inbound marketing, you're probably not going to show up on their Google. Right. Result. That's, that's someone who is a, a very defined hot lead who, you know, is in your industry who wants something that you offer, but because you weren't doing inbound marketing, you're not getting access to that lead. Uh, the only way that you're probably getting access to them now is, you know, that person was talking to their friend and they said, you know, I want some paint grade sugar cabinets. And the person's like, oh, I know just the person and you're getting a referral. Right. And that's great. But a lot of people don't know what paint grade sugar cabinets are. And unless they remodeled their kitchen recently, they don't know who to talk. Uh, they don't have friends they can talk to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Their friends so the remodeled their this this example um, was similar to one that you and I went through when you was explaining the, the inbound process to me. And this is really what made it click, basically, that, you know, every buyer goes through that journey right there, the awareness, consideration, decision. But the fact that, what, what put it together for me anyway, was the fact that in each one of those phases or, you know, of the journey, there's specific questions. And, and our 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 job, I guess, is, you know, is whatever cabinet makers or whatever you do, whatever you sell, our job is, is to answer those questions kind of as they come up. So we've got content created already that helps them through that process. And it's like all of a sudden they're walking down the path to your door and they don't, they don't necessarily know it, but by the time they get to the door and they get to the decision phase, all they have to do is walk through it. Exactly. 
Exactly. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. I mean, if, if there's not a path to your door, uh, then they're probably not going to, going to find the door and open right. it. So yeah. you got to just lay the, lay the foundation, you know, brick by brick, create that path to ultimately lead to buying. From right. You. So how does, you know, I know, I remember how I got started, um, you know, in the inbound marketing and, and it was a long process. It's a, it's a slow burn. It's not something that happens overnight. And, and we've been doing it for what, six or eight months now. And we've got a fair amount of content out there and it's, and it's every week we're adding more. So tell us, tell us more about how to get started kind of with the inbound marketing. Cause it can be a touch overwhelming at first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so, there's so many pieces, uh, to inbound marketing, but you know, I want to make it as simple as I can for, for everybody. Um, so, you know, you, you, if you followed step, you know, part one of this, of this series with your business identity, that's, that's really the, the first step within inbound marketing. And especially that personas aspect of knowing exactly who your customer is, giving them, you know, uh, a identity and giving them a name, knowing their needs, knowing their opportunities and their goals. Those things are so important. Um, so yeah, start with your persona. And the first exercise that I would have you do is to make a list of questions that your persona would ask. Um, and a great, great way to do this is just look through some old emails or text messages that you've gotten from customers or leads. That's a great place to start because if, if your current customers asked you questions, it's likely that future customers would ask those same questions. Right. If you've answered those uh, through email or through text message, go ahead and write those down. Um, another great way is to ask your employees the questions that they get from customers. Um, that's that's probably you know maybe maybe you're solo uh, in your in your business, but if you've got buffers in between you and customers, wh whoever those buffers are, uh, whether it's a secretary or if it's a salesperson or someone on the shop floor, even. Ask them the questions that they're getting uh, from customers and start writing those down. Yeah. I'm sure that if you really, you know, maybe it's a little bit difficult to start, but once you start writing down some of these questions, everyone that I've done this with, once they get to like five or six questions, it's like the floodgates yeah, open right. and they start writing. That's, that's exactly what happens. Uh, yeah. You, you you know, and then started. you start, you notice, you notice them every day. You're like, oh, there's a question. Yeah, there's another question. They're just constantly flooded with questions. Yeah. When you're paying yeah. attention to, when you, when you start paying attention, it's like, and, and, and they are, they're redundant from customer to customer. So they've all got the similar questions. So, I mean, that's it. all you got to do is just pay attention to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you've, you've made a list of questions that are, you know, tried directly to your persona, your current customers and, and leads. Um, now with that list of questions, you've got to start answering those questions. That's what, that's how you're going to create content for your inbound marketing. Mm -hmm. So that means writing blogs or articles. That means creating social media posts that answer the questions. That means recording yourself on videos, answering those questions, uh, or even, you know, holding events like workshops. There's so many different ways that you can answer these questions and just think about your persona again. Where is your persona doing research? Are they active on social media? Are they the kind of person that, you know, they want to be in person seeing things face to face uh, to really see if they can trust the information they're getting? Yeah, you want to do an event then. Or, you know, they don't have time to read, but they're always on YouTube. Yeah, make a video, right? All those things will help your, your 
potential customers find you uh, if you're creating that content in those different avenues. Right. So uh, once you start creating that content, it's really important that you have a way of, of capturing leads, right? Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that, you know, you can use social media to capture leads. Um, you can hope that people call you and that's a way of capturing leads. But really, if you don't have a website right now, that's the best way for you to capture leads. And for a lot of people, they do have a website, but it's not structured in a way that they can actually receive leads well. The only thing they'll have is maybe a contact form. Right. But what you want to do is you want to build your website in a way that you can have calls to action. You know, um, sign up for our newsletter. Contact us is the obvious one. But, you know, schedule a free consultation. Schedule a demo. Um, you know, download this resource. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, giving great calls to action on your website is the best way to capture leads. Right. Um, so, and it... And that's where you're going to put your content. That's where you're going to house it. That's where you're going to publish it, where it's a central database where everybody can get the content that you're giving. Yep. You can post links to it on social media and links on your YouTube channel, or uh, you know, you can push people there on your bit with your business cards, your sign, or whenever they come to your events. That's where they can find you for anything, right? Uh, for right. The, the questions that they have. So rather than just having the typical gallery type website, you know you want to look at it, you know, going back to our previous example, you know, your website is your sidewalk leading to your door, you know, and you want to just walk them down it, you know, and let make them stay on the website. And so all your contents there, all your videos, everything is right there. So it's when they get to that point of being on your website, they got everything they need to finish their buyer cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, I don't even think it's frustrating. Maybe it is for your industry if no one's releasing content, but if I'm if I'm doing research and I'm going to buy something and I go to a website that's just a gallery but doesn't really give me any information or any doesn't answer any of my questions, the next thing I'm going to do is leave exit that website, go back to the search results and look and go to somebody else's website. Right. So if if you're not if you don't have a website that's really working for you and has all is housing all of your information is um, you know giving calls to action and opportunities for people to take action, they're going to go somewhere else. Right. Exactly. They're going to take action with someone else. So yeah, it's important that you have that website. And w- with all these things, we haven't really touched on this, but you've got to be giving away your answers, your content for free. Uh, don't, don't create a lot of barriers. Um, be releasing free articles and free videos and free social media posts and you know free events. Everything's got to be free. If someone's going to trust you, You've got to break down the walls, take away the barriers from them accessing the information so that they can build a relationship with you. Right. Just like, I mean, going back to that relationship that we talked about in part one, you know, I'm not going to get into a relationship with somebody if it's going to cost me a lot. You know, yeah. if I've got a, if I'm trying to date somebody and I, and they only want to go to, you know, thousand dollar dates, it's probably not going to happen. Right. You know, so the 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 more free you can make it for people the the less barriers you can have the better the better the more likely they are to to go and and to work with you yeah that makes sense um and and with that you know yeah things can be free but there there are things that are like you know premium content so maybe you're you know you do these 1 hour workshops for events 
yeah, if you do a full day or like a full weekend, call it a seminar and and charge 20 bucks, right? Um, but still don't make it the barrier that um, that difficult. Really just look at it as a, as a scale of value. How valuable is this knowledge that I'm giving? And if it's extremely valuable, you made a 50-page ebook, right? Mm-hmm. With that ebook, sure, ask for their email address and their phone number to download it. And, and if you're doing those things, people understand, wow, that's an extremely valuable resource. And if I just give my phone number and email, I can get it. Yeah, I don't mind that because I want that ebook. And then if the ebook is actually really great content, they're not going to mind getting a call from you about it, right? They're not going to mind getting an email uh, uh, from you about the ebook or about your product because you just gave them something that was super valuable. They almost feel guilty if they got it for free. Like, yeah, I, I need to have a conversation with this person. Right. So, yeah, look at the value of the content and that really premium stuff. Use that to attract leads and, and to really get their information so that you can follow up with sure. them. Um. So yeah, if, if you're doing those things, I know that's a lot in itself, but if you're if you're doing those things right there, I mean, the last step that I would say, and it, it can get even in more detail, but if you can just delight every lead that you get, every person that you know fills out a form or takes a call to action and gives you their information, just delight them. Ask them if, what they need help with, even if it doesn't relate to your product, even if it's going to a competitor because you don't offer something. Um, or they, they're bent on, man, that your competitor is so good. Give them their, give them your competitor's information, Mm -hmm. give them their phone number, right? You know, whatever it takes to delight those leads, do it. And the the reason why is because if you, if you're delighting the leads, not just your customers, those leads are going to refer for you also, you know, your most small businesses referrals is their bread and butter. That's how they're, you know, staying in business. Just think if you know you're only getting referrals right now from probably your friends, family, and customers. Just think if every single lead you got was also referring to you. I mean, just in that you would multiply your business drastically. Right. Exactly. That's a different, uh, a whole different mindset there on on you know looking at your leads because normally if a, your normal thought process would be if a lead doesn't pan out then you're kind of done with it you know but um, at least you know, trying to answer their questions in any way you can or, or make their experience as brief as it is, you know, try to make it as, as good as possible because you never know who they're talking to after they get off the phone with you. Right. And the reality is they could become a customer, you know, 10 years sure. from now. Exactly. So, so uh, you never know. Well, just as I expected, Cleo, this is a kind of full episode. There's a lot of stuff here and I hope we didn't overload everybody, but I believe that we laid out kind of a pretty good roadmap for at least starting uh, an inbound marketing campaign for any business. And I mean, I, I really hope that we've given out the right information for people just to just to get going, you know, just to get started. Because there's a hundred different things you can do, so much detail, but just getting started is obviously the most important part. So you know, let's bring it down to kind of a one thing on this episode, on this part three of inbound marketing, what's kind of the takeaway from this interview? And most importantly, what's the one thing that we can do to start moving in the right direction, you know, to inbound marketing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love putting it down to one thing. And I'd say, even if you're not going to be an inbound marketer and you're, you're not going to create a fancy website and all these, 
you know, different things that we've talked about today. Um, I would say just the one thing being make an intentional effort to be organized in your business. If, if you're not being intentional about being organized in your business, you're going to be missing opportunities and you're not going to be doing the best you can because at the end of the day, it isn't just about getting new customers. It's about being a better business. It's about serving others and it's about having purpose in what you're doing. And if you're not organized, you can't do that. Um, you, you can't do it and be dis, you can't do business well and be disorganized and you can't do inbound marketing well and be disorganized. You know, just like we talked about writing down all those questions from customers, do that regardless, just to have a frequently asked questions, uh, page that you can refer to and, and give people so that you're saving time. Yeah. You know, you're not having to answer those questions all the time via email. You can just copy paste from your frequently asked questions document and they've got the best answer in the world. That's right. And, and you don't have to have all the, I mean, it's great to have it online because it reaches everybody. But even if you're just a, you know, printed out, um, printing out your articles and handing them to your prospective customers or whatever, I mean, at least you're still, you still got the opportunity to answer those questions regardless of how, you know, how you deliver your medium. You've still got an answer, right. a, 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 a way to answer those questions. So, you just may not be answering them to as broad of an audience. Yeah. Just be organized. Right. Uh, if you're focusing on being organized, your business will improve. Your marketing will improve. Every area will improve. If you can just focus on getting organized. Awesome. Well, Khalil, um, again, appreciate you taking the time out, especially for this like three part series. Um, uh, we, we really appreciate it because there's just a lot of great info. So before we cut you loose here, uh, we're going to, we're going to drill you down to two, quick cut questions. Um, in, in your experience, what do you see as the greatest weakness companies have with their inbound marketing plan? Um, yeah, they usually people are just like, man, I'm so motivated. I'm going to do this. Um, and they start trying to, you know, maybe put five social media posts out a day, right. Mm -hmm. Or write three articles a week. And although that's awesome, that's not maintainable. Um, so I would say consistency over frequency is what people need to focus on rather than frequency over consistency. And can you give us maybe just real quickly, what, what would be a consistent schedule? Just maybe a real brief, um, like what's yeah. a normal consistent schedule that you see a lot? Yeah. What I would say is, man, write one article a week, answer one question every week and write it into about 500 or a thousand words, gotcha. uh, gotcha. giving, giving all the answers, details you can. And if you're doing that, then it's a lot easier to go from, wow, I've got this great article. Now I can pull from it and I can make three social media posts a week. I can just pull you know, you quotes go. from it and post them online with a link to the article. And then now you've got a, a social media campaign that you're going to be doing every, every week. Um, and that's going to show consistency and that's going to let people want to follow you and like your page um, and, and come back for more and subscribe to your newsletter yeah. and open up conversations with you, man, this is really great. I love reading this stuff. Thank you for answering these questions before I even asked. Right. Them. I didn't even know I needed to ask <laughs> that question. So, uh, what's a resource that you'd recommend that relates kind of specifically to marketing and inbound marketing? Yeah, there's so many great books out there. So many great, uh, so much great information. Um, I, I've always referred to this and I'm just going to keep people, uh, onto this one thing of the HubSpot Academy. 
They have these courses that you can do, really great videos, really easy to get through. Um, they've even got it now into bite-sized chunks where you can watch like a 10-minute video or a five-minute video and, and still gain a lot of information from it. And it's all free. Um, there's, there's no one better to go to for inbound marketing. Um, they're the ones who, you know, coined the term and, and started inbound marketing at the scale it, that it is today. And, um, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in learning more and getting the details, go to hubspot.com and, and grab their, uh, their academy courses. Sure. That's great. Well, Khalil, uh, before we wrap up real quick, what's a, what's a way we can connect with you and whether it's a website or email or whatever, how can we connect directly with you? Yeah. Um, I'll, I think you've got my information from yep. previous podcasts in the show notes and I'm sure it'll be there again, but my website's benalimarketing.com. Um, emails Khalil at benalilhaj.com, which is always a challenge to spell. So just use the show notes and yeah, feel free to connect to me anytime. Would love to answer any further questions and, uh, you know, put, put my talk into action and actually, uh, delight people that aren't even going to be customers. So if you do have a question and I can serve you, email me, uh, reach out to me through the website and I'd love to get in touch with you. Fantastic. Well, again, Khalil, thanks so much for this uh, huge series here on marketing and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back for more and uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Khalil. Yeah. Thanks, All Jeff. Right, see you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthrough.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.